Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast. Guess what? This is going to be such a different, such a different episode because you get to see your host, turn into a guest and one of her former guests turn into the host. We're doing some whole 2021 role reversal. But why I'm so stoked and emotional about this is because I get to sit back, number one. And two, you guys finally get to hear about my story in the We Heals book. And Noemi, you guys heard from when she shared her story for She Heals, is going to sit here and drill me. So I'm a little bit nervous, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to front. But Noemi, welcome back to Beauty is Me Show. Thank you so much. I know we like to vibe with you, but Corona. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Actually, I had a lot of anxiety last night and just extreme like nerves. <laughs> um, I think one, because... I know how dear, you know, your own personal story is um, for you. Um, now I get to see you share it right with the world. I also learned a lot about you. Um, and, you know, it was, I, I can't wait for us to, to go on a deeper dive later on. But, you know, to discuss even the feeling, because I remember telling you like, oh, my God, when I released like She Heals, like all the emotions that it brought up for me. But I want to start off by reintroducing you, right, to your current listeners and any new <laughs> listeners that are joining us. So allow me to reintroduce you in my Jay-Z voice, although I don't sound like Jay-Z, okay, Miss Jamili <laughs> Beauty Whitfield, okay, Miss LS, um, LCSW, excuse me, you have been a social worker or in the field of social work, social services, public services for over 15 years, okay, ranging, I mean, you've worn multiple hats throughout your um, time in your career and still your present career. You are also a mother of a teenage son, which I'm sure that that brings a whole other set of challenges, right? You are a wife. And in 2019, you launched the Beauteous Me podcast, right? And now we get to add another thing to your resume. And that thing is that in 2020, okay, when the world shut down, a global pandemic, okay, we didn't know what the hell was going to (laughs) happen. We still don't know what's going to happen, right? But in a time where the world was just completely like, what the fuck, right? You managed to pen your story, okay, and share it with the world. And I just want, I want to take a moment for you to take that in, because I don't think that you understand that you are now a published co-author in a book. Like, that's big. That's big. And not only that you are a published co-author, but you did this during a global pandemic. (laughs) And as I was like thinking about this last night, (laughs) you know, as I I was thinking about this last night, I was like, yo, wait a minute. Like you guys released this like during 2020, you know, in a time where I think like people didn't know 
whether they still had a job, right? People, I mean, people were transitioning, you know, from to, to a different life, like dying, right? People are getting ill, all of this stuff. But you managed to pen your story throughout that time. And maybe if you if we could start there, right? Can you walk us through? First of all, we heal. And I don't know if the listeners can see if this is being recorded, but the visual, yeah, I have the, the book right in front of me and I'm lifting it up, right? It's a, it's a book about healing. It's eight stories of, you know, survivors and and people with strengths, people coming from different walks of life, right? The themes are ranging from childhood trauma, toxic relationships, prison, loneliness, faith, infidelity, grief, abuse, domestic violence, and you beauty, managed to sum up all of these themes in your one story. That's another thing. Like I was reading the book and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Her story is also my story, but she has also, everyone else's story in here, she has experienced that in some shape or form. So can you talk to us about We Heals? What is We Heals about? Yeah. So I'm going to just say, and I'm going to give ultimate kudos to you. Cause you know that I, I called you and text you in the middle of me even typing some of it. I was like, Oh shit, I'm feeling emotional. And this is just a lot. So you actually inspired me and, and, and the girls that you worked with, the women that you worked with to write the She Heals book and say, you know, let me share my story of resiliency. Let me put this out there that I've experienced something that was traumatizing in my life but I turned it into something that was healing for other people. And I thank you guys for starting that project off. And, you know, when the opportunity came to, to do it, I was like, yeah, I'm nervous, but yeah, (laughs) because you, you gave me the courage to put my story out there, you know? Mm. And so sitting there and thinking, well, what am I going to write about? I was scared because I had to be vulnerable and I shared about my son's father's my son's father and our relationship and that's not easy to do as a woman, as a mom, as, you know, a parent who tries not to mix baby mama baby daddy drama in front of their kids. Um but it it, it had to be shared because it was a part of a cluster of other stories and the reason why I entered into what was called a toxic relationship and whom I had the toxic relationship with. So, you know, starting the, the, the process and thinking, what am I going to write about was, yeah, it was intense. (laughs) So for the listeners, right. Um, can you just give like a quick summary of what you believe a toxic relationship is? Because we can't just assume that everyone yeah, so, knows that, right? Because I mean, I think that we have all functioned in some toxicity at some point and may have not acknowledged that that's what it was then. Um, and then something happens, right? That the light bulb goes off and you're like, wait, this is not right. Or like, we're not functioning in, you know, what is considered quote unquote, a normal form of humans, you know, interacting. So can you define what a toxic relationship is for you or to you? Absolutely. So when I was writing the book again, you think toxic relationship, you're like, oh, it was this guy I dated and this guy I dated and that person that I dated and all of that. The, 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 the premise of the book was the toxic relationship with myself because of the traumas that I experienced. And what is a toxic relationship? It's an unhealthy relationship. It is a pattern of behaviors and a subset of behaviors that you have and you continue to have and you bring into 
other dynamics and relationships, whether that is as a parent, as a child, as a sibling, as in a in an intimate relationship, and even with your friendships, even how you show up as a coworker has a lot to do with toxicity. And that is a perfume that I was wearing for so many years. And I guess what was that pivotal moment in in your life, right? Or in that time, that aha moment that you that you said, wait a minute, something is not right, right? Either something is not right with me or and I don't want to say that something isn't right, but I believe that we all have these moments where, you know, an epiphany hits or something hits us, right? And where they're like, I don't know, something isn't right and I need to make a change. When when did that become like a reality for you? So it took a long time. It took 30 something years to make a change. And I think where the true aha, final aha, not true aha, because I've had multiple aha moments um, when my son's father and I broke up, but the true final aha was writing the book where it was just like, Jimmy, you got to sit here and put all these patterns together. Your sexual abuse trauma, the incest, the the family issues that you had, the, the men that you dated, the types of relationships that you entered in and bringing some of that baggage into my marriage and realizing that some of the shit that I was bringing in as a married woman thinking, well, I've healed this, I've healed that. I'm a, I'm a professional woman. I can do this. Um, without knowing that inside I was brewing that, that perfume was seeping out of me when I, I realized that how I'm showing up in my relationship, in my marriage and things that I promised that was never going to bring from my past relationships. I was still creeping and knocking on that door. Like, doo, doo, doo. hello, it is here. <laughs> so a few years ago, you know, with the breakup, it's true. I was like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> um, a few years ago with the breakup, definitely. And then within my marriage, because the, I'm telling you, marriage isn't easy and you'll be tried and tested all the time and you'll start seeing like, all right, maybe I'm bringing some baggage and it's really not all him. (laughs) And, you know, you mentioned your son's father was, have you guys had a conversation about this either prior to you writing your chapter or afterwards? And, you know, the, the reactions of that. So I will say um, when I finally decided on what the story was going to be, because I felt like this was very pivotal, I did send him a text message. You know, we've been in the pandemic and I was like, hey, by the way, I'm writing a book and I'm sharing the story about us. He was like, what? He said, well, as long as you don't use my name, I'm fine with it. I was like, okay, I I won't. <laughs> We never had a conversation afterwards. So I did. I had a conversation with my son and I said, no, that's okay. Uh, Well, we're in digital connection people. So you, you, you'll see. Um, I did have a conversation with my son and I did say, you know, I'm writing this story and some of the stuff that I'm going to be sharing is about my relationship with your dad. Um, He was just like, okay, mom. But what I didn't know and it gets me a little bit emotional, is that my son secretly picked up the book and read it. He read the chapter. So that was a little hard for me. Yeah. Did he question he's 16, about it? So he's like, yeah. Well, he didn't question. He was just like, damn, I didn't know my dad did that to you. <laughs> yeah. 
And then it also yeah, solidified for him. It solidified for him when, um, because my triggers with my sexual abuse trauma is I don't like people hugging me from the back. And so I've told my son for many years, you know, just as a respect for me, for my, being conscious of my trauma, I always tell him, don't ever hug me from the back, hug me from the side or hug me from the front. I don't like it. So after he read the story, he was like, oh, oh okay, mom, like I, I understand. You know, and it kind of hurt him. And he was just like, you're so strong. Oh, I'm getting emotional. You're so strong. Um, I'm sorry you went through that, mom. Now I know why you are the way you are with me. It's because, you know, you've been through some tough stuff. So, you know, having a teenager, I, I don't want to have things in the closet for him. I wasn't going to obviously share. You know, I have to protect him as well as a mom. But my story is here to share. My story is here to heal. But as the parent relationship and also being a clinician, I know uh, just as much as I can share with him and to make it a, as a healthy situation. So, you know, you mentioned and, and you are a licensed clinical social worker, right? And I know for me, when I was writing my chapter and my journey, you know, for me began around like grad school around that that time where I guess I had like more awareness because of what I was learning in school, right? So it was kind of um, connecting the dots for me. Uh, you being a licensed clinical social worker, right? And I guess stepping stepping out, right? And now putting the bird's eye view on you, right? So it's like you become the clinician of your personal like self. Do you think that that allowed for you to be able to cope a little bit differently with writing this chapter or what, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, what did it bring up for you while you were writing it? Sis. Sis. And that's probably a very heavy loaded question. <laughs> Listen, so a few things. Let, let me extrapolate what you're saying. So the first time that I really kind of wrote my story was um, going into college where, you know, you have to do your college essay where you just had like an aha moment, like, oh shit, I really experienced some, you know, child sexual abuse trauma. Then you bury it, you put it away. You never paid attention to your promiscuous behaviors and you being a hot thought all around. Never pay attention to that. Um, you know, then you become a clinician and you're working with kids who experience stuff and you start sitting there and you're like, yo, I am identifying with some of these kids. You know, I'm having some counter transference issues right about now. I need to kind of get my shit together. Um, my brother's death is what pushed me to going into therapy to then kind of being like, and this is everything I've been through, <laughs> you know, my brother's death. And then just really bringing about my trauma, um, so you, you, you unpack it, you talk about it, and then you put it away, right? So then you leave an unhealthy relationship. You're no longer in an unhealthy relationship. You're in a marriage and you start realizing that there's still things that trigger you in your marriage. And I know you and I shared a conversation with your story um, with there's so many different complexities to sexual abuse trauma. And either you can be asexual, hypersexual, or a little bit in between. and you know, when you enter into a partnership or in a marriage, not everyone is going to meet your match, you know, with, with your sexualized behaviors or, or whatnot. And so some of that was triggering for me as well, where I felt if I wasn't getting none, there was a problem in my marriage. There's something wrong with me. You're cheating on me or you're not, you know, you're, you're not invested in me because I valued myself through my punani. Like if you was giving it to me, then I knew I was good. And I, I learned really the hard way in, 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 in a marriage, you know, 
Um, and then writing the story where you kind of, again, you, you know how to close some doors and deal with the next issue or whatever projects you have. And then opening up the story and realizing if this is deeper than my son's father relationship and I, I need to go take it way back where these toxic relationships started. And it started at the root and at the base of my childhood sexual trauma. And writing the book was not easy. I stopped a few times. I cried. You know, I text you a few times. I ate because sometimes I could be an emotional eater. And I, I was like, mm, mm, chips and ice cream. And what else we going to eat? <laughs> you know, I was like all over the place. And I put it down a few times and picked it back up and put it down a few times. And then I asked my husband to read it. And that was like the real, oh, damn, I'm going to have my husband read this piece, even though he knows I've shared with him about my trauma. But it's just like putting it out there on paper that, you know, your, your wife was a little hot body before you met her and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because hard. I think after, um, you know, you're mentioning about your husband reading uh, your chapter and when I finished like maybe this happened about like two months ago. I um, had a conversation with my partner at the time when I was going through what I was going through and he read the book and he, you know, he was like, oh, my God, like he's like, I knew you. And I knew what happened, but I didn't know what happened. And it just gives a whole, I think, different perspective when you just like write it in paper because the vulnerability is just like, right, it's not censored. You're like, you're there and you're just going and you're going and you're going and you're going where, you know, when you're speaking with somebody about it, I think at times, unless you are fully grounded and you have completely accepted who you are and the traumas that you come with, it's still hard to share your story verbally because, you are worried about people thinking of you a particular way, or you just may not want to even relive certain moments, right? And 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 it plays out very differently. Now, also, you know, I just want to let the the listeners know because it, it may sound like we're speaking a little bit vague and we're not going into full details about anything. And that's because we want to be able to have you guys pick up a copy of We Heal. Uh, Beauty, can you just remind everybody where they can pick up a copy at? What's your handles? Where so if you go on my Instagram, yeah. So if you go on my Instagram page, you could actually find it in three different ways. Number one, you can find it on my website, www.imbeauteousme.com. You could find it on my Instagram um, handle, which is beauty underscore in underscore behavior or my business, um, uh, Instagram handle, which is I am beauty is me. So you can find that in three locations. You can find it and buy it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Just wanted to put that plug in there before, you know, we go on a deeper dive and then it's like, Oh shit, wait, the handles. Um, so you mentioned in your chapter about a healing chart. Can, can you describe to me what's a healing chart or what's your own healing chart? Let me, let me go to my chapter. Let me go to my chapter. Cause you guys do know girl, I wrote this I was, book I was, and I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I went through my chapter and I put it down because I was like, I got to send it to people and people going to have to read my story. People going to have to read it. So your healing chart is basically where you are with your healing journey. Um, top, down, bottom, middle, um, and you start making an assessment. Um, 
you, the best way that I could put it is that no matter if you're a clinician, you've been in the field, what you've experienced, and sometimes you could put people out there, there's still some underlying baggage. Under, there, there's still something simmering. It's how we work really hard to continue to isolate that baggage that comes up. So whether you have triggers, whether it's your family, uh, a relationship or anything, and I will share you know, with the toxicity because the relationship with my son's father was so impactful for me. It was so important to me. Um, that breakup, you know, did something to me. So I had a lot of anger with him for such a, a long, long time. Like he would say something the wrong way. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I yeah. was coming for him. But when you're, yeah, you're in your healing journey and you're in your healing journey, yeah, you're looking at, you know, your, your, your different ways that you can heal, whether who's, who can help you? Is it a friend? Is it a therapist? Um, is it doing a lot of personal development and self-reflection? Self-reflection is so important. Sometimes we sit out here and we mask a lot of our stuff and it shows up in our personality. And yeah. <laughs> so where would you say that you're at today in the healing chart? So where I'm at today, I would say I'm at the resilient chart. Um, I can speak about my story um, and not get emotional. I think the book helped me a lot to open a chapter, close the chapter, put the vulnerability out there and be like, if you're going to judge me, it's okay. If you have anything to say about me, it's okay. And I will say like a lot of my husband's friends purchased the book and supported. So, that, you know, that definitely worried me, but I would say I'm at the resilient phase. I'm, I'm there. If you look at the, um, the, uh, I had mentioned in the book, the, um, the grieving, why am I, why am I forgetting her? <laughs> when you're in a grieving start, you know, where you're just like angry, mad, sad. And then, you know, at the acceptance phase, I, I've, I've accepted. Um, it doesn't define me, you know, my abusers, you don't define who I am. I can get triggered. I did see a picture pop up in my Facebook of two of my, uh, cousins who had abused me and they had tagged me in a picture years ago. And, and I decided to screenshot the picture and keep it on my phone because Why? you're not going to have a hold on me. And it's a reminder looking at who I was as a little girl at that time and what I experienced and the innocence that I had. I was just, ve I was very innocent and naive, very innocent and naive. And I think that has a lot to do with my personality and being a little, you know, swift out there. <laughs> yeah. I recently received a photo too of the girl that I wrote about in my chapter. And I have to say, when I saw the photo, like I, obviously I, I saved it. Somebody sent it to me. I don't think that they knew that that person that they were sending to me was the person that I wrote about. Right. And, um, I needed that, that photo in that moment. And the photo was of me, right. But it was of my younger self. And I know for me, that photo, I needed it because it has also, it demonstrated how far I've come along in, in my journey. And with whatever has happened to me in my life, like I'm no longer upset at those individuals that violated me. Like I, I had to put that to rest because it was the only way that I was going to be able to move 
forward, you know, and even I think when you think about the work that we do, right. And, you know, I've been challenged with working with clients that are perpetrators, that are the abusers, right. And knowing that I was somebody who was abused, right. And sitting there and having to do the work now with abusers, I think, helps just inform how I do the work differently, right? And not being judgmental because, you know, I'm just a firm believer if, you know, the people who abuse us have been abused in some shape or form, right? And it may not have to always be like sexually, but there's some form of abuse and they're just like basically reenacting it out. But, you know, um, so how how do you show up now for yourself? Self-care. Um, I, I I posted on my Instagram the other day because, you know, the pandemic has just really it's brought a lot of, out of people. Um, you know, the stressors, some people are working remotely. I've been working in the office, you know, and, you know, sometimes had my moments of resentful to other people that are working from home. I'm like, you, you can roll out of bed at 850 and just get on your computer. Now I got to be at work early. But um, I. I am hopeful because I've experienced, I've been abused by three people. And and I think really four, um, when I look at some childhood regression and a, a certain memory when I was two years old, but why that memory sticks out of this person changing my diaper at two, I have no idea. I really do not have any idea. Um but one of them I've I've completely forgiven because they have their own mental health struggles and my heart cannot allow me to be angry. And I could only think, what have you experienced? You know, kind of going back to what you you've mentioned. The other two, it's taken me some time. I think before writing the book, um, I started a little bit of a forgiveness journey. I do have a little bit more to go with them too, um, for many reasons, for just... Um, their religious ideologies. And for me, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm not hypocritical, but, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, that, that's my own. <laughs> that always shows up. <laughs> it shows up where I'm like, you child, if, if they, people only do, but, um, so if I have to kind of check do. that, but hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful because it is a journey. It's not going to go away from time to time. And I think in my healing journey, I'm in the hopeful stage where, you know, I'm, I might have some hiccups, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. And it will. I know, you know, uh, sometimes when we sit in that funk or we self-pity ourselves, right, for the situations that we have experienced, uh, it's hard to find hope in situations. Um And I'm sorry that you had to experience that because I don't think that anyone should have to experience it. Um, But I'm also happy to hear that you've been able to work through it. I'm happy that you are sharing your story with others because you never know who who it will reach. Right. And you never know who's sitting in that dark uh, space and needing to do that shadow work. Right. But now they, they, this book lands in their hand, right? By faith. And they're like, Hey, wait, I could connect to her. I could connect to any of the other individuals in the chapter and, um, help them through 
a, a really dark time in, in their lives. And, you know, I'm sure that you will start to see that people are going to reach out to you and people are going to say, oh my God, you know, like I, I've experienced that, or I know somebody else who's experienced it. Thank you for sharing your, your story. And that's where you find the power <laughs> in your own story, because we all have stories to share and, you know, you just never know. You never know how you could help heal someone and not and not necessarily heal them 100 percent, but even, you know, be a little sprinkle for them to start in their healing journey, because many people don't even know where to begin. They don't know where to begin and, and they're so lost. But, you know, I admire you for taking a risk. I know that it's not easy. Um, and, you know, for me, because I I know you and I and I've worked with you, it just it just sheds a different light for me now. And you know, the empathy, the the space of really holding holding space for each other is just even more prevalent now. You know, um, can we talk a little bit about what it was like to collaborate with like other authors? Did you guys like share with each other like what you were going to discuss? Was there was there just I guess like if you could just touch on a little bit, like what that was like, the collaboration. Yeah. So the collab, so when we, when all the authors, co-authors were um, decided that they were going to join on the journey, we created like a zoom call and I got one of my, you know, clinical friends to just kind of do a, a circle so that we can kind of get to know each other a little bit more and what our stories were about and what we were going to share about. So we did that. Um, one time we wanted to do it a second time, but it was just hard, like with COVID and, you know, getting everyone's schedule. But, you know, we had this Facebook group and we were all kind of supporting each other in the process and where people were, you know, making sure that we were following like the task and we were there on time, which was great because I think everybody just worked and submitted their stuff on time, did what they had to do. And we were very supportive of each other. Like whenever we saw like any little bit of progress, um, the full, full details of the story we were all, I, I feel like we were all a little, um, in the dark, which is beautiful though, because you get to not know everyone's deep story and not be like, I'm not going to read it. So we kind of knew the topics, but we didn't know, know what was going to be in, in each and every person's story. Um, so sitting there and reading the book and then reading everyone's story, was like, Oh wow, that's you. And that's you. And that, wow. Okay. You know, it was, it was really great. So it was a, it was Are there any other authors that you feel that you connected through in terms of the storytelling because it might have been similar to your story? So what's interesting, I love how you said at the beginning that it's like my story kind of wrapped up and encompassed a lot of different people's stories. I think the one that really stood out for me um, was Isabel, because Isabel shared about losing her brother. And ironic enough, while we're recording this, today is my brother's birthday. So, you know, the, the loss of losing a sibling, you you understand that pain, that trauma, the things that you go to. And, you know, and Isabel and I share the same cultural background. So, um, you know, while she experienced her loss, you know, messaging her or, or calling her and just checking in um, or even joking about like, is your mom doing this? Because I'm sure your mom is doing this because my mom did this, you know, just to kind of support each other. Her story like really stood out for me, that rawness, um, because I know I know what that pain is really to to lose a brother. What is something that you would like others to take away from? this book to take away from mm -hmm. we heal. I, 
love that. So everyone who walks on this earth is perfectly imperfect. And I've said this before in, in different episodes in my podcast. It's not what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. I think if humans walk this earth with more compassion and understanding that we are all imperfectly perfect people who have experienced some shit in our lives, then we would treat each other a little bit better. We would be more compassionate. We would be more understanding. We wouldn't be on flip mode all the time. We would be able to kind of check ourselves when some emotion is coming up. Um, that's that's the biggest takeaway is that just just hearing everyone's story and hearing you guys when you guys did the She Heals and everyone's experiences. It's like we're all going through something. We've all experienced something. And there is that ability to be resilient. And we have the tools like if it's like 15, 30 500 people sharing, look, I've been through this, or I have this mental illness, so I've experienced this, and they're showing some resiliency. As human beings, we have the innate capacity to do it. So that, that, that's my takeaway. Thank you. That's, that's really powerful. And it's kind of like the messaging that I also, you know, um, share with many. Is there anything that you feel that you would do differently? In terms of either the way you might have handled situations in the past, if there's something that you could tell your younger self, what would you tell your younger self today? Oh, yeah. Um, If I could tell my younger self something today is love yourself and value yourself. You are important. You are beautiful. Um, Valuing yourself and putting who you are as a worth on another man and another body in you, it's not worth it. You come first. And I think that's, that's what I would have loved. Like if I could go back, I'd be like, listen, you can't be hot body. (laughs) You didn't need that guy. You didn't need that guy. You didn't need that guy either. Cause none of them treated you right. I would have gone back and just definitely had like that older sister voice and be like, girl, you don't need that. You, you too valuable. You could go ahead and do this. Do you think, though, if you would have had that older sister voice telling you that, that that would have made a difference? Or do you believe that maybe those experiences you need that you needed them in your life, no matter how hurtful they were to get you to be the woman that you are today? Truth of the matter is, I. I am grateful for so many things because I went through these experiences, but I really do believe that though I experienced that, and I know some people will be like, well, there's no God because God had my back with a lot of other stuff because there's so much more that I could have experienced. I could have, the, the the situations I put myself as a teenager, I could have been trafficked and in the streets. I really could have been at a strip club trafficked or something because I put myself in some really, really, really dangerous situations and not thinking. So I'm grateful, number one, for my faith and and having my back because I look back and I'm like, damn, girl, you were crazy. But it's made me who I am now. I think it's helped me also with the kinds of clients that I, I see. It's helped me be more compassionate. Um, it's helped me along my healing journey as well. So I, I am grateful. As crazy as it sounds, is this something that I went through? Um, do, do I wish... I'd never wish that upon anyone. Absolutely never wish it upon anyone, but I am who I am today. Have the family secrets, right? Like, is this a family secret or has it been revealed? 
Girl. Let me tell you something. So it's partially a family secret for one of, you know, my abusers, um, where the in, in immediate family knows, right? For the other two, um, it was a family secret. So you want me to be really honest? Two years ago, I told my parents. They never knew. And it, was, it wasn't until two years ago um, I was triggered because um, that group and their sibling group were like arguing with the family over land or something. And for some reason, the taking advantageness of the land triggered the taking advantage of me where I was, it, it resurfaced all those feelings. I never really thought about them as, as my main abusers as opposed to the other one. But that triggered the life out of me. And I done told my parents, like, you want to know about your niece? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know about Fulano or Fulano? Well, check this out. Check this out. They were like, I feel so, I, I felt so bad for they, my parents that they, the they were just, they were just like, Ay, Dios mío, Jamili. Pero por qué tú nunca me dijiste? I was like, how? If they live with us, like, how was I going to be able to share that information? I was scared. And, you know, they they did so much to kind of hurt me and scare me and everything that I, I couldn't. And then if, like, you move on life, they moved out and, you know, you keep it pushing. I said, but I think it wasn't until until this situation. What's interesting, though, I'm going to just put this in there. My best friend was like, oh, shit, no wonder you was always fighting with them. You were so angry after that age frame. And I was. I was angry. I was really angry because anger is one of the first things that it's like the anger iceberg. What was it that I was feeling? You know, embarrassed, all these other different emotions. Oh, I did let them know. And then one of my cousins, because she was talking to me about something. I was like, well, let me tell you about your other cousin. This is why I'm like... Are they aware? Yeah. Uh, are they aware that you wrote about this? Um, I don't think so. We don't have that kind of relationship, to be honest. We're on social media. I don't even have their phone numbers. I don't even know where they live. I genuinely, I, I know the state they live in, but I don't, I don't know where they live. No. And if they and when did, you mentioned then... this to your parents, when you mentioned this to to your parents and their reaction. Did that feel enough for you in however they held space for you? Or it was just like, hey, guys, like, this is what happened. And you just kept it moving. I think it was, hey, guys, this is what happened. I just kept it moving. It wasn't until I was doing some transcendental meditation where it was like a healing healing meditation, you know, specifically for this, where I had to like, you know, do a balloon release and kind of releasing them because I I, I felt like it, my feelings just kept festering after I disclosed it and it came out. Uh, my feelings festered for some time and I had to release it and let it go because I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to allow you guys to have space in me anymore because you you did enough damage for me in, in, in my childhood. So I had to kind of do that transcendental meditation to kind of really release it and just put it out there and go. And given, just given your own narrative, right. And and your story, has that made you overly protective of your son? Yeah. I'm not even going to sit here and then try to put up a front and give you anything non-clinical. Absolutely. Yeah. Over my son and even over my nieces, I'm so like, 
what you wearing? Don't sit there. Like just, I've always been that way. Just any like other females in the, in the family, you know, little cousins or whatever, just very overprotective of my nephews and nieces and my child, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned before about, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but you mentioned before about like when your son would hug you from behind or whatever. It's funny because my eight-year-old, when he hugs me, uh, when he hugs me or he stares at me a particular way, it's very triggering. And I've done, you know, so much work on myself and, and therapy or whatever to work through that. But it just like, for some reason, I can't, I can't erase it. And I feel extremely bad because I know that he's coming from such an innocent place when he does that. Yeah. But, um, you know, and he's still, he's only eight. So it's really hard for me to have like uh, a dialogue with him as to like why, but, you know, I have more discussions with him about boundaries, like, you know, and, and what boundaries I have in place for myself that he should respect and the same that of whatever it is that he may want to implement for himself. But, you know, like, uh, and we've discussed this before, just, you know, us sharing each other's like stories, how we're, you know, we're very similar. And, you know, I also believed from earlier on in life, something happened to me and I just can't pinpoint like who, who, what, where, and why. Right. And, um, it, I, I learned more about myself while working with children that were sexually abused because a lot of their patterns were like the patterns that I had. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is me. (laughs) And now I'm working with these these children and I don't even know how to show up for them, honestly, because like the transference and the counter transference was also very, just like, it was strong. And it was just like, I wanted to, it, it was just insane. And I'm glad that I've been able to like work through that. And, and I do think the fact of, um, you know, just being clinical and doing the work that, that we do. Uh, but so any final closing summations, anything that you want to share with your listeners? Um, Yes. Yeah. Any closing? Um, So what I would say in closing guys is pay attention to your patterns. That is, that is the biggest indicator of what you need to heal and what you need to work on is the patterns. Do you continue and consistently have problems in relationships do you continually find yourself in gossip and Gmail or, you know, in messes and always like victimizing yourself? Pay attention to the patterns. And again, I'm not judging. Um, whatever it is that comes up that people have kind of brought up to you that's triggered you, that that button that you feel that raises some emotions, pay attention to that and start kind of dissecting to see where it's stemming from. So th- in writing the book about toxicity. I had to take apart and dissect where was the toxicity stemming from before I allowed it to continue on in my life. Paying attention to patterns is really, really important. What I would also say is that if you've experienced sexual abuse, trauma, some form of DV relationship or relationship that was really unhealthy, get yourself some help. Um, Find yourself a therapist. You know, friends are great, but you need someone outsider to really help you navigate, break apart all those emotions and those feelings, those childhood traumas, or even adult traumas that have experienced, or even intergenerational traumas that we don't pay attention to. So as a final thought, I will say I'm grateful that I have shared this experience. This, I, this doesn't stop. This was just my co-authorship. 
And I'm hoping to move on to, you know, my own authorship and writing my own book. Um, But you two can share your story. So you have, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you will be working on a memoir at some point. At some point. I don't know when, but at some point I got inspired. I, I, I'm here for it. I think that you have such a powerful sh- story to to tell. I only I know that you probably only touched on a tip of it, <laughs> um, and I look forward to to hearing. No, I, I honestly do. I look forward to hearing um, more about it. I also encourage anyone you know out there to just elevate your voice, right? Use your voice chakras, just put, put it out there, you know, and, and understand that there's always going to be people out in the world that are, have their biases, right. That, that are judgmental, that are going to say this, that are going to say that, but you know what, there's power in release and there's a freedom that comes with it. And guess what? It shouldn't be somebody else telling your story. You should be able to tell it for yourself. And no matter the horrors that you think it, you're projecting, there is someone out there that can relate to it and mm-hmm. you can help just heal someone. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Beauty, being able to share this platform with you. I hope and look forward to seeing your memoir being published. I look forward to um, sharing, you know, future spaces with you and just continuing the the healing journey. I know that we heal as an extension of She Heals. I believe that there's more work that that will be done in the the healing um, ink, as Isabel would say. I um you know, rest in power, Jonathan. I know that Isabel went through a lot throughout this time and in, in trying to put this project out as well as many of you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to your brother. Is it Richie Richard? Yeah, Richard. Yeah. Yes. Happy birthday. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I feel so humble. Like I'm like, there's so much more that I want to like talk about, but I know that it's going to give too much away. So, and I want people yes, to go yes, and purchase yes. We, we Heal. We do a part two after. Yes, yes we, we could do a part two. two. <laughs> yes, that would be great. But all right, guys, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Webby, guys. So tune in. Oh my God, I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> thank you guys thanks for listening to this week's episode i hope this episode fed your soul please be sure to download new episodes you can also head on over to rate review and subscribe for more updates find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on instagram at i am beauteous me don't forget to use the hashtag beauteous me podcast for your feedback